You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I am your host, Ian, with me, as always, a man who did not want to come here in the midst of a competitive talking schedule, but I threatened to suspend him for the next match, so he had no choice. It's Harrison Crow. Say hey to everybody, Harrison. You know, if we just had, you know, um, instead of practice podcasts, but real podcasts, every single, you know, we didn't, we didn't have... We wouldn't have the potential to damage our lungs and our vocal cords and all mm-hmm. the associated speaking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when we're, when you're in the midst of. I'm trying to come up with an analogy for competitive. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're in the middle of a summer talking schedule, you know, competitive, serious. And I get you every week to come in here and just, you know, mess around on the mic for, for an hour or so and just, you know. Drop some tracks. Up, drop some tracks. So. <laughs> All right, that one worth thing quick. That analogy. Uh, <laughs> that went downhill fast in a hurry, yeah. but I really well, do uh, appreciate how that you at least go that down that we, path. We gave it an effort. Um, so, did you uh, did you see the All Star game at all? Hmm. No, no. Uh, I watched. Yeah, I watched some highlights of it. Uh, for those of you that did not see it, uh, the, the the Major League Soccer All Stars, um, mainly Atlanta. Uh, Drew with Juventus, 1-1, uh, and then ultimately lost in a penalty kick shootout, which the one thing that struck me as odd about it was how excited uh, Juventus was after winning. <laughs> like, they all well, just kind of ju- so, jumped I mean, on each other. It, come on. They, they're, they're using uh, a bunch of – and no disrespect to Juventus. They, no, they have an amazing uh, development system. They, they've been a, a model organization in Europe as far as uh, how to acquire well, talent. Um, well, <laughs> you, you you say that I, I'm sorry. I think that they've been really smart over the last, and maybe not so much uh, recently, but in no, this... they're 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 a very good team. I, I was sort of uh, raising my eyebrows at the model organization. Well, I, uh, so I, but I, then I, you then you qualified it to say uh, acquisition of players. Yeah, yeah. So and that's more of what I mean. So uh, yeah. apologies. I don't know necessarily the deep history or you know their association with the political landscape of Syria, but I mean just the. The idea of hey, we're not going to spend on big transfers uh, for the most part, Ronaldo. Mm. You know, being the, <laughs> yeah. the, that that's a little outside of the box of for what they've been known as. I mean, you look at what how they uh, even a few years ago how they got to uh, uh, the UEFA, you know, cup, yeah, the Champions League, final. Cha- Champions League final. They it just they built their team very uh, very smartly. Uh, upon just basically free uh, cast-offs, guys, quote-unquote, over the hill, um, just collecting players, uh, good players, and hoping to get lucky while doing so, kind of on a little bit of a uh, budget when it comes to uh, European soccer. Um, Well, and one of their cast-offs wound up taking over our league. Right, yes. Uh, So... (laughs) <laughs> which, perhaps, which should tell perhaps you. Perhaps we saw the next Sebastian Javinko last I, night. Maybe I, I, I think we saw the first one. We saw him. <laughs> I think most of the most of the ones that made the field are are, are probably going to be uh, capstoffs to other Syria clubs before they make it to MLS. Okay. Uh, that's what people said about Javinko before. It's, it's true. And, you know, Javinko ending up in Toronto is such a special circumstance. It really was a special circumstance. And to this day, I don't think people really um, appreciate how that moved the league forward. I don't think yeah. – I think it will be years from now we'll, we'll kind of – well, I mean, it's I, it was on the heels of that whole bloody big deal story um, that turned out to be less of a big deal, on top of which there are so many things happening around the league. There are so many other things that kind of coincided with moving the league forward that I feel uh, a few years later and removed from it all, we, especially uh, as he's kind of 
been on the down uh, downturn of a run of spell, were less appreciative of what that all meant. This is true. This is true. And, you know, now we are a, you know, we signed Barco. So I was told that means anything is possible. Because uh, we got Barco, baby. Barco! Yeah. We'll see how that works out. Um, I, I don't I don't think that word means what you think it means. I know. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I hope everybody kind of, we know some people that were, you know, kind of down and around there in the uh, MLS all-star sphere and, and did have themselves a very good time. So as much as we, we kind of joke about the game, uh, it is nice for people uh, in the league and kind of around the league and in that kind of community to be able to kind of come together for a couple days and, um, you know, really enjoy the all-star weekend that's in the middle of the week. So congratulations to Atlanta for putting on a good show there as well. Can I, can I um, rant a, a little bit about that? Uh, we, we, yes, I know we're, yes. I know we got a really tight schedule, so I'm going to keep it <laughs> to so, it. We're so tight. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. So let, yeah, let, only if it takes nine minutes. <laughs> so I mean, realistically, I, I get that. And a lot of people, I got tweets on this today. I, I put out there that, you know, I was, uh, I hate the fact that we were doing an exhibition game because it just feels so risky. I feel like there's so much risk that's inherent in this, especially to make, uh, in in my mind, uh, a minimal amount of uh, revenue off of this. Maybe the, the revenue is a lot greater than what um, I'm giving it, potentially. Um, but I feel like the risk could be kind of reduced. And I, I talk about risk. You think about all those players out there playing in a competitive match, a lot of things can happen uh, more so, and at least in my mind, and maybe this isn't true, but at least in my mind, competitive matches are more risky for a player's health than a training session. And I feel like there is something that you could do that was training session-esque to where you bring in just the best of the best and maybe not even keep it to 19 or 20 players. You could bring in about 40 players and have kind of a skills league wide training session that just kind of incorporates a lot of uh, various um, soccer esque skills. You can sell tickets to those training sessions Monday, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and have a nice PR. I think it's also a little bit hard to kind of like, stomach the fact that we're supposed to believe that major league soccer is competing with international talent with the likes of uh you know roma and juventus when our all-stars are tying their junior b squad yeah it's it's not a win-win situation i I feel Uh, like there's a lot that we're giving up for a minimal amount of revenue when we could earn that revenue through additional means without the risk and without the the 50 50 pr i'm gonna say that and this is pure speculation on my part because i don't know if you know this about me but i did not graduate from business school okay i I did not Um, know that from you yeah so that's that is good just getting real with our listeners here uh (laughs) I think the, the 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 more so than ticket sales and TV ratings and the like. I think this is sort of a glad handing of sponsors kind of event. I think that's sort of where the revenue comes in. I think you know you you bring in the cheese it's guy and you say, hey, this is Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you know, and then the hangout was Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So if Zlatan Ibrahimovic doesn't show up, that kind of makes you look a little bad. So you you get annoyed and you suspend him. Uh, that is my that is what I suspect. That is my speculation that more than just an actual on the day revenue that it, it helps with that sort of long term revenue goal from sponsorships and the like. It's a it's a it's a it's a, a corporate networking glad handing. I feel like you could get that, uh, and it, it would be almost even more. I don't know. Uh, I feel like it would be a more intimate if it was a training session. Hey, here's Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and he's going to be around for the next three days training. Why don't you spend this evening hanging out with him after the training session? <laughs> An evening with Zlatan. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, right? Yeah. Well, if nothing else, you could auction that for a lot of money. Um, I mean, we're over here doing the league's job for I, I feel like as a marketing um, department, though, that I'm really yeah. surprised someone hasn't stepped in and been like, do you know, like, uh, think about this. Clint Dempsey didn't play this year, but the league has how much that they've invested in Dempsey just from a contractual uh, standpoint. I know the Sounders are play, paying uh, a certain percentage of his contract, but due to the complexities, I know the league also absorbs some of it. Think about how much that they've invested. They've at least invested about $10 million in him. 
If he gets injured at some pseudo all-star event, and I'm just using Clint Dempsey, uh, you can insert name here. There's there's other examples of this. That hurts the league revenue greater than what you're going to make off of this event. Now, I, I understand that the probability of him being injured in that is about equal for any other game. But why are you even exposing that risk? Does that make sense? I, I'm sure there's a ton of people that disagree with me. Uh, this is just my own thing. Everybody has their own thing. This is mine. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could say about it is that for whatever, I guess, criticisms we have of Major League Soccer, I don't know that if this event was just stupidly not making money or drawing attention if they didn't have any metrics that they were seeing that they had goals of that were working i don't think that they would keep doing it so I, see i'm not again. convinced that's true <laughs> no i, I mean look yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I you you look at the nfl i think they and this is just my perspective with how the league's evolved and how they want to run it i i feel like they want to make things like this work because they see in the future this can make money oh yeah oh okay and wow. so I, I and I don't deny that in the future this could make money. I think yeah, that there's a better way. And too often we look at around the the landscape and say, okay, well, how are we making money now? Um, how are other leagues making money through this manner? Um, could we adopt that principle and build towards that? And that, that's always really good for a, a league to look in that perspective. Um, you want to, you, we all want this league to obvi- obviously, well, I shouldn't say all of us. There's plenty of people that probably wanted to fail, but yes. I, I, wa- I personally want <laughs> I MLS to succeed. I want it to be a better version of what it is now. And yeah. the way you do that is by m- moving forward and making revenue. Um, I see better ways to make revenue, and that's well. That and was I just, if this that's is... just what what my two cents was on this, and yeah. I'll I'll let you finish and close this yeah. up. I kind of feel like, if nothing else, this is an interesting thing that kind of harkens back to that very initial era of Major League Soccer, where you know they were trying different things and you know running shootouts and no ties and I think a backwards counting clock and you know they were like kind of catering all of these ideas to like the American fan or what they perceive the American fan to want uh, from the sport. And uh, this just seems to be kind of like a, a weird relic that has hung around and kind of evolved into a sort of, um, well, it's just a different kind of event now. And I don't know. I'm with you. And if you're going to do this kind of thing, like I, I just, I don't like tying it to some European team. Like I would rather just see the East versus the West. Uh, the, 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 I think someone talked about, MLS versus Liga MX. If Liga MX were interested in that, that would be great. That would be a really fun game to watch. I would be down to see all of that. Um, I think at times they did U.S. versus the world, but I think the world would really kill us at this point, so that probably isn't a good game anymore. Anyway, um, congratulations to Juventus. Congratulations to the city of Atlanta and and that that, that whole group there on putting together a successful event. Um, Next year, we'll be back to, uh, you know, try to... (laughs) complain about it some more uh until we can kind of I, I i don't know i don't see it changing anytime soon uh but i would i would definitely i'm with you that i think that there probably are better ways to do this sort of event so let's move on to um stat of the week stat of the week yep stat of the week stat of the week are you gonna do it ba-doop, 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 ba-doop. uh that was the stat of the week theme composed and performed by harrison crow um, our set of the week this week comes from MLS Exile, our friend, who pointed out to me that San Jose has not won an MLS match against a team that isn't Minnesota United in 306 days, I think it'll be when you're listening to this. It's like 305, 306. Uh, the last match was against Portland in September of last season. You know, that's less... I mean, that's more trivia than anything, but also that's... <laughs> That is, a, that is a damning statistic. That is that is not great. Yeah, it's it's a factoid. Uh, it's a factoid. It's a fun factoid. We can, we can go with that. Yeah, it's a good factoid. I I I mean, it's it's uh, what we're talking about essentially though is that that is three wins um in almost a year, and you know a lot of that time well actually not a lot most of the time you are playing soccer, um, but they have two wins this season. 
Um, the fact that they're all against one team is the factoid. The fact that they've not won many games is worth discussing, and I think the kind of cause of concern from that statistic. Um, so I was kind of looking at, you know, their, their underlying metrics here on their interactive table. And, like, just if you took that in a vacuum, like, you wouldn't put them in the bottom of the table by any stretch of the imagination. You know, they're kind of mid-table on expected goals, mid-table on expected goals allowed, but they just haven't been able to put together wins. It's kind of it's kind of shocking. Do you have any any thoughts on on what what, what is going down in San Jose? No, it, it, they have some really functional pieces, and then they have some really dysfunctional pieces, right? Danny Hosen's had you know actually a pretty surprisingly from a from a number standpoint. <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me, a really interesting season um, and interesting in a positive manner. Um, Wondolowski obviously has kind of um, drifted here and there to where he's had some, um, he's had some good moments. Uh, he's around. Uh, he, he's obviously starting to show his age a little bit. Um, he, how much longer he's going to be a, you know, a, a real talisman for this club. Um, it's really starting to show. Um, that they need to start integrating more pieces. Uh, Magnus Eriksson's had some... Um, uh, I, I know he's been kind of a whipping boy at, at times for for San Jose as far as uh, not quite being what he should be. But at the same time, he's also kind of been interesting from a numbers standpoint, you know? Um, yeah. It, look, you can probably point to a lot of things maybe not going the way that they should be. Um and I think that part of that is the recruitment hasn't brought in the quality that they thought that they would. Um, Vaco for, you know, um, everything that we thought that he was going to be and maybe I kind of hoped he was going to be um, quite hasn't been that. Um, he's definitely shown some promise. He's had some really good games. Um, his shots are there. He's putting up volume, but um, the quality is just kind of lacking. Um, like if you want to compare, uh, the Valeri's, you know, uh, take Vaco and compare him to Diego Valeri, both their expected goals are very similar as far as what they're doing. What they're, the difference is, is how they're sharing that, that wealth and that load though. And Vaco is just not being the creator that, um, I think that a lot of people want him to be. And I think that that's when, uh, uh, why it's been so great that Danny Hosen has been able to kind of gobble up a lot of the, the free balls um, also been able to create a little bit on his own. Um, that's been really important. And that's really why they've managed to score some goals that they maybe didn't deserve to score. Um, and I think they've also gotten a little unlucky at the same time. If you compare this team to, you know, some of the past San Jose teams, over the last what, four or five years, they've kind of had, you know, an unfortunate run of luck, right? Um, it, 2014 stands out much, uh, much more prominent as being bad than what uh, this current iteration is. 2014, obviously the San Jose earthquakes ended up last. This was the, you know, Tom, I think Tommy Thompson's initial year, you know, um, Wondolowski, of course, had a solid year, but this was kind of, um, this was coming down off the high of uh, the San Jose earthquake, uh, kind of weird dominant years where, you know, Alan Gordon and, you know, uh, Stephen Linhart were just bash brothers uh, putting in aerial dominant performances. And all of a sudden they didn't have that. And they tried to go to this, you know, a little bit more free flowing style. Uh, Cordell Cato was brought in. They brought in Yannick uh, Dallo. Um, gosh, uh, I'm trying to think of who else was brought in in that. Oh, uh, uh, Parazzi, um from France was brought in to be kind of a, a playmaking midfielder. Uh, yeah, that, the the era of Simon Dawkins and yeah, yeah. There just a lot of stuff just didn't work out the way that they had hoped, and I feel like this is a really kind of uh, commiserative year in that a lot of pieces that they got just weren't as good. And, and to take another yeah, step forward... Yeah, well, and they're, they're not bad either. Mm, like, like, I don't think that... they're individual I, pieces. Yeah, like, I don't think I've seen, like, one of the... Like, you're talking about Vaco or somebody like Heike. 
um, or, or Magnus Eriksson. Like, I wouldn't look at them and go, like, oh, those aren't MLS-quality players. Like, they clearly are, but it's just not – they're not quite commiserate, I guess, with the DP tag or with whatever they paid for them, or they just simply weren't enough. Well, and then the other side of it is they let Marco uh, Marco Urena go for free, which uh, is yeah. – I don't. I, I. I mean, it very well could be that there was some sort of deal there with him to where um, he wanted out of San Jose. We don't know that. It's pure speculation. But it was really odd. You're right. Like he's was obviously very good last year. Um, they very obviously chose to stick with Danny Hosen in lieu of him. Um, Hosen's yeah, kind of rewarded them. He hasn't been bad. But again, he's a piece, and he operates very independently of everybody else. The same does same with Erickson. The same with, uh, really, honestly, Wondolowski. Same with Vaco. I feel like all these pieces, there's missing some tie-in. And and you know, to give credit to Bobby Warshaw, he says this quite quite frequently on you know the MLS podcast. He's said this on Twitter a few times. What are you known for, right? Like, what are you good at? What is your standout trait as a team? cumulatively and I can't think of what San Jose is like most of the time I can I when he asks this questions about teams I most of the time can pretty much answer San Jose I have no idea what they're necessarily trying to do effectively what are they trying to do are they are they a counter-attacking team are they trying to uh possess are they trying to do some sort of uh high press counter press I have no idea what they're trying to do yeah it's not a it's not a it's not a coherent structure, uh, definitely. And I know that even Wondolowski has kind of come out in the last couple of weeks, and um, we may have hit on this in the last couple of weeks. I don't remember, but you know, it's kind of said like, well, this team is just lopsided and weird, and they've sort of basically spent a lot of money on guys that essentially all ideally are that playing was Young the same Worth. position. Youngworth said that, and oh, then Jungworth Wando that? came out. Wando, oh, Wando, Wando said, said the opposite. Later. Wando's like, we're here to battle. We're here to support the coaching staff. We're 100% behind uh-huh. the coaching staff. Yeah, like, it was a typical, this oh, is yeah. the club okay. legend sticking up. This is, you know. The, oh, I thought that thing was that he was, like, really frank. It was different because it was Wando. I'll have to look into that. Anyway. Okay. Um, but yeah, see, so he gave Stara his uh, star his backing, um, but but kind of said I thought that that the 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 the, 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 the players coming in were the problem and not not the coach. I thought was the, he was throwing his backing behind the coach, but I couldn't oh, okay. remember yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to I'll, I'll have to take a look at that and yeah. and see. But couldn't re- matter less. Could not matter less. Um, <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> somebody honestly, said it, and they had a good point. I thought that yes, they kind of brought in all these players that would ideally do this one thing, um, and so now they're sort of just all out there at times, kind of not doing the thing that they're the best at, which is a situation we've seen teams get into before, um, where you kind of think, okay, I'm going to put as much talent on the field as I can, and that's never a bad plan um, until until it is, until it doesn't quite work out. I think the San Jose just have kind of through luck and through just, um, you know, just probably a, a, a series of bad decisions. I wouldn't call it a cascading uh, series of failures, but but just a lot of individual ones that sort of kind of came together. And, um, you know, what you see is not going to be um, a highly competitive Major League Soccer. I, I, I do have some questions for Michael Starr. I, do, I don't... <laughs> I'm not convinced that Fatah uh, uh, Lashi could is not uh, an effective ball winner for them. Uh, for them to just trade him off, uh, it's a and to do so with kind of an uh, underwhelming return. Yes, but they've I, got that new kid that is quite a ball winner. It looks like I mean, just from our limited. Uh, Sample size, uh, Felipe. They got a new Felipe, right? Yeah, uh, Felipe uh. is kind of an interesting. I mean, you know, and he's had to, he's had an interesting. Uh, I mean, he what he was the San Antonio uh, Young Player of the Year for down in USL. Uh, really, for some reason, didn't catch on anywhere else. Signed a late contract with Reno. I think he was kind of looking for an MLS opportunity and got passed up a lot, uh, signed with Reno, and now uh, signed with San Jose, you know, Reno being an affiliate of San Jose. Um, so, you know, that's really great that for uh, Felipe to, to, to latch on. And it, he has a, he's promising, uh, 
but at the same time, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, so it, all right. So you're going to be in a four, four, two, right. Um, does that mean Youngworth gets to move back to center back, which he was much better at to start last season. And since, since that start, and really since he's come back from that injury at the mid season last year, you've been trying to force him further up the field. And I don't know if it was just because they needed help in the central midfield that he was trying to be forced up. But I feel like the further he got away from goal, the less effective he was. Well, I think that he is a victim of, I guess, I don't know. The player that comes to mind is Brad Evans, like the same sort of, oh, you're so pretty good at everything that we're just going to move you around a lot. Like we've seen Jingworth at center back. We've seen him in the midfield. We've seen him uh, towards the outside of that midfield. We've seen him at outside back. Um, you know, and last year he was a really like at the beginning of the year, especially when he just was a center back. And I don't even think that's what he would say his best position is. I think he prefers to be in the middle of the field, um, kind of in that central midfield role. But I, I really think he was, um, you know, definitely San Jose's best player for the first half of last season. And, you know, one of the better backs in the league, I thought as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know what's going to happen with him. Um, that's another one of those that's a really good piece, obviously. There's a lot of talent there um, that can be mismanaged. Uh, or can be used properly. So I, I don't, I don't know which way San Jose is going to go with that. Yeah, and like you said, it's it's really odd. There's a lot of stuff there that um, hasn't necessarily worked out the way that it should have. There's a little bit of luck that runs against them. There's a little bit of um, mismanagement. I think that when it comes to on the field talent, and then ultimately, I think there's some problems within recruiting. So I, I don't think that there's one thing that you can put to blame. The one question though that I do have is how do you finish up the season? Because this season's not over for San Jose. There's still a lot of soccer left to play. Yeah, I've got an answer for you. Oh, oh pl- please! I, I have an answer as well, but I, I, I would I, I would love to hear your answer. thoughts on this. Uh, hashtag player kids. Uh, that's let's see it, that's exactly Newell. no. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> let's see no, Jackson Newell. Let's see going. Tommy Thompson. Let's see uh, Nick Lima has made that spot his own. Give these other guys a chance. Like these were highly rated prospects, and then what limited time we've seen of them, they've shown well. Um, you know, Tommy Thompson might be. We I I I, I don't think we've given him a real shot to settle into the side, um, and he's come in, shown flashes. Um, a lot of people really like him. A lot of people really liked him at the youth level and thought, like, this is a kid that's going to make the transition. Um, you know, I, I, let's let's give him a shot. Let's give him a really solid run of games. Let's let's do the same thing for Jackson Ewell, who, got, who came in as, you know, I thought was one of the steals of that draft. Um, and, you know, I, we saw him in a couple matches last season, and he looked very, very raw, but good. Um, and, it, like, what, what what better time do you have to, to blood a couple of these guys and see what they're actually made of than when your season is basically garbage? Like, it's it's done. You've won two games. Like, you're not going to the playoffs. Yeah, there's 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 such a low probability. I mean, it's – I don't want to say it's zero, but it, it's, it's really – it's really low. And I've thought about this a lot this weekend and I don't understand, right? Like I don't understand how do you not play Jackson Ewell? How do you not let Tommy Thompson just try to win a spot for next season? You, so if what, the, if you're, the you're playing, scenario. you already know what you have in uh, Magnus Eriksson, right? He's under contract for next season. You, you have at this stage, you have over half a season worth of data on him. You basically know what you're what you're gonna get, what type of player he is. He understands what's in MLS. It doesn't mean he's not gonna play anymore. What it means is he doesn't get preferred treatment. What he does not get that preferred starting spot. That preferred starting spot goes to a player that has less than adequate playing time right now. And I, I'm on the fence with Tommy Thompson. I don't think that he's put what his potential is to real production in MLS. But the other side of the coin is he hasn't had very many minutes. And he's been in MLS for nearly five years. Five years? Six yeah, years? That's crazy to me. And, crazy which to blows me. my mind. Yeah. But the other side of the coin is in that time, does he even – I'd be hard-pressed to say that he has even maybe a 1,000 minutes in that time. Yeah, it's low. Uh, last I checked, it wasn't quite a thousand, I think. Um, 
Which is, yeah, I mean, it, think about that. Uh, the he, worst oh, case sorry, scenario he has, is he has 3,800 minutes. He has 3,800 minutes in. Oh, but no, no, spread yeah, across, but not more spread than across. Than any but he only had yeah. one season. That was last season, and he had more than a thousand minutes. Okay, he did have one. Okay, that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, I mean, worst case scenario, you find out they're not good, and then you just move on. Yeah, like, that's well, the worst case. Scenario. And it's like, not like it's not like Tommy Thompson doesn't have trade value. Yeah, exactly. Somebody will want him, and like just. I mean, he's a reckless. I mean, he's he's basically if at worst case scenario, he's yeah. a Harry ship. He's a better version of Harry ship. Yeah, possible. I mean, at worst case scenario possible. at this point in time with potential, right? I mean, they're very at this at this stage. Uh, Tommy Thompson's what uh, twenty two about yeah. what Harry ship was when he when he was joining uh, Chicago. Yeah. So I mean, at time, this stage, yeah. you put him in there. You figure out is he the long-term solution? Nope. I guarantee you that he's worth something more than the average guy, next guy off the bench. You're no, he's worth more on the open market than the number twelve, number thirteen, number fourteen spot off your bench. Yeah. So oh, leverage that this off season, give him some playing time, give other clubs a chance to make a decision on him, and if he if they do. If he works out, you have you have him under contract. If not, flip him for some resources and spend those resources wisely on an upgrade. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just sitting there. So, um, you know, I I don't. We kind of talked about if there. Well, the two of us have talked about. There have been like a couple of whispers about them maybe making a play for somebody like uh, Plata, who we discussed. Uh, last uh, last week, you know, as a, as a guy, um, does he help? I mean, does he fix this? Like, I I I, I don't know that's going to happen. Like, uh, but so it, so last is week is that the kind of thing you want? Like, last week we talked like about just Plata, another. Though. We we yeah, talked about his like potential. Yeah, but you've just got another player in this midfield that is just like kind of. Well, not even that, right? So we talked about uh, Plata's potential. He's uh, he's a game changing talent. Yeah. He makes sense to me for maybe a half dozen teams that are looking for difference makers in the attack to try to make that run into MLS Cup, right? Mm-hmm. San Jose is not going – that that's run. not San yeah. Jose. That's not them, no. And what is the one problem that they currently have? Like, the, they have tons of problems right now, but – Let's let, let's focus on what is the number one issue right now, probably plaguing that team, and that is, at least in my mind, their locker room. Yep. So you're going to go get someone who has no, and regardless of whether or not that's factual, right? Like that is hearsay, and that is crap that a lot of times gets misconstrued because you know one player took something wrong and. Uh, I've seen it back when I was in high school. I think that it gets accentuated even past high school. I think that you move guys and all of a sudden they leave that locker room and they become fine locker, quote unquote, locker room guys. Yeah, sometimes a change of scenery is all anybody needs. Right. I don't think moving a guy that has a reputation and putting it into a bad situation is a good move. I think taking a guy that's in a bad situation with a bad and putting him in a good locker room that has strong veteran leadership that says, this is how we handle it. That helps control that locker room as far as the personalities. And it allows him to go out there and say, well, I'm just going to focus now on soccer for the next six months so I can get paid. I mean, that that's what really focuses you. Here, what's he going to do? Well, I'm the man now. I'm taking over Wondolowski. At yeah, least that's that's know. my thought. It, pro- just, that's my thought yeah. process. I just see it becoming a bigger issue. I see attitude becoming a bigger issue. Not because I think that he has one. I don't know, but I think when you deal with um, perception, perception is reality, and that that it is the case for so many different situations in life, right? People that you don't know, even though the perception is that that person's bad or that person has done X or is like Y, you tend to treat them in that way. And I think that's true in regardless of your profession. And so uh, I, I worry about that scenario. I think that's a bad investment personally. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't like if his goal is to get paid in six months or a year, whenever his contract is up. I mean, that's not going to be at San Jose. And uh, like, what what are you renting him for to like get next to last place? Like, it's just it's a it, what are you giving up for that? Like, can that be better used next year? Well, well, and let's just say let's say that's a move for next year. Yeah. What is that innate? Like, who plays your? T- does you do you move him inside? What happens to Vaco? What happens to Magnus Eriksson? How does that all affect? Uh, does that mean you're pushing Wondolowski to the bench and and going to a one forward uh, set? You know, um, yeah. There's a, know there's a lot of things that you're dealing with now, and maybe that's their thought process is, hey, we're gonna make next year's move now, and. Maybe they have additional resources left over that says, hey, we burn these now for this year. And then next year we already have our plan in place and we can spend in other areas. You know, maybe that that's partly the thought process. I, you know, I, we don't necessarily know the, that's the one thing about not having full, uh, you know, transparent books. You don't know the salary cap situation. We don't necessarily know um, what yeah, type can, of resources are going to expire guess, at the end of this year. Yeah. But on paper, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and who's to say? Um, you know, if it's if it still happens, I think I thought it would have happened by now. But uh, still, some time left in that trade window. So uh, we shall see what happens with one. What we got uh, two. We got Plata. two weeks. Yeah. Uh, about yeah. Yeah. There's time. Um, Let's move on from a team that is bad, San Jose. Sorry, San Jose fans, but let's be real. Um, and let's talk about a team that is good. I have on my list here that we want to talk about New York City Football Club's away form and whether or not it's actually a problem or if they're doing just fine. Now, I, I'm looking at it right now, and um, I think I've told you this before, but uh, occasionally I go back and listen to like a few of these shows that we do. They just kind of see if there's anything I think we can change or do different. And the one thing that became abundantly clear to me is that I'm secretly a New York City football club fan. You because are. Because I never say anything terrible or bad about or critical about New York City football club. Um, they are 10, 10 wins, one draw, zero losses at home. Uh, unbeaten, almost perfect. Uh, away, 3-3 three, three, and 5, which isn't – I mean, that's not a bad record. That's like fourth best away record in the conference. It's not great, but – I don't. What's what's the concern here? I mean, I know that you're you're dealing with like thinner margins because you're playing for the supporter shield. Ideally, like you're you're competing against Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's done well on the road. Atlanta. It's not even that Atlanta's done well on the road, right? Atlanta's been one of the more just impressive teams when it comes to being prepared, regardless of home or away. And they've had a lot of luck in that, in that. And that's okay to say, because it's not taking away anything away from their team. They have a very strong team. They have two (laughs) potential MLS MVPs. And regardless of whether or not their fans stuff the ballot for different, uh, you know, quasi silly awards on MLS soccer.com. The reality is they have a very strong team and they've done it using a lot of different mechanisms within that major league soccer allows and I, that's truly impressive yeah i feel like i keep hammering home this idea that it might be better to be lucky than good but it's best to be both and you can be both in atlanta have been both lucky and good exactly like, there's nothing wrong with that yes I think, great good for you guys um now looking at nycfc um i thought if you had said to me, okay, well, here's what's going to happen this year is that David Villa is just not going to play for like a long period of it. And he's going to be replaced by this guy from Sweden. Um, and, you know, he's going to score like four goals over the course of the year. And then, you know, they're going to need guys to go off the bench and, and kind of fill in and, and, and do this. And they're going to lose Daniel Herrera. Um, I would have said, well, it doesn't sound like New York City FC is going to be very, very good this year. But And they're not going to play are. Jonathan Lewis at all. They're not going to play Jonathan Lewis. Why did they sign more players to like not play Jonathan Lewis? I don't – all right. Um, but they are. They're succeeding. So, um, you know, I think that losing uh, Patrick Vieira was hard. And I think that they're doing okay since the transition and I think as well as could be expected. I don't think anyone ever saw that as an upgrade or like 
and this is no disrespect to, to, to Dominic Turan. Like, this is, like, he's a fine coach, obviously. Um, you know, but you're coming off of yeah. a guy that made this team into what it was. Yeah, well, it's built around a very specific set of tactics, right? And um, Dominic Turan probably has very similar mindsets. He probably has... Uh, I would I would guess that there was discussions beforehand with uh, between the tactical staff between the the city group and, and the way that it was built is built towards hey when we when we lose Patrick Vieira because I think that rationally you as an organization you have to be prepared for these types of situations especially one that employs such a such a international fig, figure such as Vieira and so when you bring in a new coach, while there might be similarities, there's going to be differences and there's going to be nuances. And, and I think that they're just working through that right now. And I, I, I don't worry about that at all. Here's the reality of MLS. And we've covered this before. We've talked about this. Winning on the road is really, really hard. And for Atlanta to, to stand out the way that they have this year it's it it's weird it's not normal and uh, again that's okay that speaks to what they've done this season and that's partly why they're in the running for the supporter shield that being said i don't think that that's something that you have to it feels like that's a repeated uh narrative and maybe you can put that in your expected narratives here coming forward is nyc is terrible on the road the reality is is that they're actually a decent road team when you look at the rest four, of the league yeah four major league soccer yeah four major league soccer because really nobody's very good on the road three three and five i mean that means that you've got results out of more games than you haven't. That's really good on the road for Major League Soccer. Like Absolutely. The only, problem is, the only problem is that the line is now Atlanta, who's winning a lot of games on the road. So uh, I guess I can see why people are concerned, but at the same time, um, it's hard to be critical. Of, of well, and, and look, we're going to get to a place, and, and in a home and away series, that doesn't – like – how you perform on the road matters, but it doesn't matter to the extent that you have to win. You just right. have to be able to go on the road and play a match in which you stick to your tactics. Yeah, you don't get, yeah, you just have to stay in the game. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. You just have to, you have to be a team that's well-coordinated, well-focused, fo- well-trained, n- understand your formation and understand basically what you're trying to effectively do and then you have to execute that to some degree you don't even have to be successful in executing that you just have to not blow it (laughs) yeah and 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 that i mean seriously you look at the past few mls cups and the uh, toronto and seattle have both been in it but they've both been in it because majoritively montreal blew it um dallas blew it uh, the, the Houston blew it at home and effectively didn't have a way back in after that. It, it's been that story every single step. And I, NYC last year uh, with Cairns, uh getting the red, um, that pretty much set them back. As long as you don't make a critical error and the, like I said, it, it if you stay compact, you stay organized, you're gonna have an opportunity to get to MLS Cup, because the the margin of difference between teams and the fact that you're gonna have a home and away, it, it's so vastly uh, minimal as far as what is going to be the difference maker. That's true. That's true. Uh, let's move on to one more team here to discuss real quick. Um, I feel bad. That is, yeah. No, no, you're, you're, you're good. Um, let's talk about – this is a team that I have not paid a lot of attention to, if I'm being completely honest this year. Like, for some reason, they kind of went on the downslope last year, and I kind of dismissed them from my mind. Uh, but looking at the table today, 
FC Dallas are like in the supporter shields race. Like they're in Atlanta, the only two teams that are averaging over two points per game at this point. I think Dallas is just right on it. Um, you know, they lost Diaz, who was their kind of that was their guy for a long time. You know, that was Mario Diaz. Um, you know, he kind of led their way at XG plus A, uh, 0.74. Um, you know, now they got Rudy at 0.55, Lamar at 0.53, Barrios at 0.51. Um, just as I would have looked at underlying numbers and said San Jose belongs probably not near the bottom of the table based on what I'm seeing here, FC Dallas, sixth highest uh, expected goals in the West, fifth best um, expected goals allowed in the West, third best PDO. I would not look at these numbers and think, oh, that's a supporter shield contender. How are they? How is Dallas doing this? What's going on with FC Dallas here? Yeah, they just keep winning uh, games, and not just necessarily winning, but coming away from um, situations with uh, positive outcomes. So they they've they got really unlucky a couple times, and last year I actually thought that they were. I felt like the reason why the locker room became such a big deal and the transfer drama became such a big deal was because they had things um, that just kind of went against them in unfavorable situations, right? When you when you get unlucky, stuff like that continues to to pop up, right? And yeah, we rather we rather famously on this very show sat here and said, Don't panic, FC Dallas fans. You guys are gonna be great. This is just a small <laughs> blip. There's no way this spiral is out of control and you miss the playoffs. Don't be silly. <laughs> well. Well, it, 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 you know, San Jose happened. <laughs> a funny thing happened on the way to the playoffs. Yeah. San Jose. Yep, yep, yep. With the so, worst goal differential in MLS playoff history. Playoff history, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, look, they've, they have a really good schedule. And in fact, if you want to compare Atlanta and Dallas' schedule right now, Dallas mm-hmm. has a much favorable schedule going forward. It, it would not shock me to see over the remaining, I think they have the same amount of games. Actually, no. Uh, right now, it looks like Dallas has two games in hand on uh, on Atlanta. On Atlanta yep. And they have an easier schedule. Um, so, uh, you know, it'll be really interesting. They've got to win those two games in hand. You know, they're currently five points behind Atlanta. Um one point behind NYC, um, but when it, when you go points per game, obviously they're just shy of Atlanta. They have an easier schedule. The question is: A, do the players that they they recently acquired do they do they integrate into this uh, this formation? And really, does that work for them? Um, they're obviously going in in kind of a new direction. Um, you look at what they did against uh, Sporting Kansas City the other night. Um, marching into Sporting Kansas City, it, it was funny because Jason Poon even said on you know Twitter, he's like, I, you know, I completely wrote this game off. I completely thought this was just it. It was not maybe not an unwinnable, but a draw was a best case scenario, and you know. Um, I think it's really interesting what they've been doing. You know, uh, Berrios was up top. Arudi was underneath in the 10. Uh, Lamont spent time in the 10. Um, you know, they, they've really cycled through. I don't think they've u- utilized the same um, the same front four over the last four games. They've, they're, they're continuing to come up with, uh, while the back six kind of, stays the same it seems like they're rotating the top four in just subtle ways um the underlying numbers are not in their favor and i'll be up front to say this i said this uh on a dallas podcast about three weeks ago i think that they're eventually going to come back down to earth that being said, when you're playing bad teams, I think they get San Jose twice. They get Colorado twice. When you get that those opportunities, you don't have to play well. Yeah, that's true. I you 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 play down to your competition. You're still probably you still have a really good opportunity to win. So, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and uh, look, I'm not trying to take shots at Colorado. I'm not t- trying to take shots at San Jose. I think they both have interesting squads. I think San Jose is really talented. I think Colorado. Colorado just has a lot of issues. I, I really hope Kellen Acosta works out there. Um, strangely, we haven't really talked 
thought much about that, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, hey, goal scoring, Kellen Acosta. Now. Kellen, yeah, a, goal scoring. Uh, PK a misser. Game, Kellen. PK yeah. misser. Could have um, been two a goal. Could have oh. been two on your debut. <laughs> uh, birthday. FC Dallas has Kellen. some really interesting pieces. They're doing some interesting things. The numbers don't necessarily love what they're doing, but at the same time, uh, you know, they don't have to. They don't. Right. At this point in time, they have an easy schedule. What they've done against the tough teams is is get results, regardless of whether or not they've done it in a great way. Sometimes just getting results is getting results. And, oh, absolutely. Um, Find a way to win and do it. Yeah. It. It's a great strategy. If everyone could do it, it would be I, great. Right, right. Uh, the thing about uh, a lot of our metrics is, you know, they're predictive in nature. And so we don't ass- – we kind of look at that those numbers and say, well, just because they won and beat some of these better teams um, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to continue being a good team. But when you go and you take those lesser abilities and you, you match them up against a team who already stinks, according to our metrics, uh, that's it, it's hard to say. And I, I feel like I'm continuing to kick um, these teams, and I, I feel really guilty for doing so. No, um, definitely. I mean, they're just. I think it would be a very funny result this year if, if all we did, and myself included, just was just talk about Atlanta for the entire season, and then like in the last weekend, FC Dallas comes out and wins. I think I would just be shocked. And I guess the the whole reason I wanted to talk about FC Dallas is just to say that I I had been ignoring you, but I I see you, FC Dallas, and I hear you, FC Dallas. And, and you are valid. And I understand you doing your good value things. now. I understand your value, and I'm paying attention to you. And um, I want to see Dominique Baji play, so make sure you do that. Um, all right. But Rudy's Let's, have it. I will say uh, yeah. Mascara and Rudy have both had good underlying seasons as far as, like, expected goals, uh, expected mm-hmm. goal chains and go. Even Lamar, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Lamar, yeah, Lamar has definitely had, you know, uh, a good season. But, um, yeah, Berrios and uh, Mascara and Arudi all are in the, the .7 uh, club as far as uh, expected goal chains per 96. So both both rated really well as far as what they're doing to provide uh, maybe not direct impact, but also uh, indirect you know, in the buildup. Yeah, no, it's, and, and then Matt Hedges has been a very good defender. They've had two very good goalkeepers. Um, you know, while, while Jesse Gonzalez is out, like, uh, Jimmy Moore, like, filled in quite admirably. Well, um, and that's been a really underheralded uh, move, uh, bringing yeah. him in from the, what, New York Cosmos? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically getting him on a steal of a deal. Yeah. Uh, moving, you know, Chris Seitz to Houston. Um yeah, it was yeah. it was a solid move, solid yeah. solid move. Their goalkeeping situation is 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 quite nice. Um, you know, I think a guy like Reggie Cannon's been been very good. Um, one of those young players that you know we actually see produce. You know, kind of just making that spot his as well. Um, yeah, there's a lot to like about FC Dallas this year, and uh, I I would not be I would not be surprised to see them. You know, kind of still in this conversation towards the end of the year. And they might be, uh, you know, if NYCFC and, and New York Red Bulls, you know, kind of stagger a little bit from their coaching change, you know, they might be the ones that are still in this thing to challenge Atlanta come uh, come the end of the year. So, all right. We see you, FC Dallas. That's the important thing. All right. So now we bring you a brand new feature, occasional feature on this show. Probably not every week, but uh, it's one uh, we call Harrison's Young Guns. And maybe I'll find some gun sound effects for that part maybe not i i hope it's like the old west like yeah it would do, be, it would do, do. yeah it would be yeah we'd do that and then like a little pow, pow. what will happen is that i'll spend four hours tomorrow trying to find the perfect sound effects for the guns and i'll be mad uh all right so harrison's young guns is the new feature here that uh we are going to do today and in it harrison is going to talk about a young player that has caught his eye um, this player might not have played a lot. This player might have played, you know, established themselves a little bit more. But this is one for the future. 
Uh, go ahead, Harrison. Who have we got this week? So, uh, yeah, so uh, I I randomly always throw things at you over the course of the day. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking through stats, and I know that we kind of talked about a, a whole slew of them. Uh, most of them haven't played. You know, we, Anthony Fontana, um, Henry Wingo, Hendwala Buana. The, these all kind of had showed up while doing comps. But the one that really kind of stood up, because you did your expected narratives on uh, Jao Plata, one of, that really kind of stood out to me as far as looking at comps was uh, Sebastian Sacedo. And on top of that, um, this week during uh, the MLS homegrown game, he really shined. Uh, you got five unique shots. Uh, I say unique just to kind of differentiate. They weren't uh, in rapid succession, but yeah. he led uh, the homegrowns in shots taken. Um, he likes he, shots, that guy. He, he, he does. And, you know, he has some really interesting comps. Um, he actually right now, uh, and, and when I say comparisons, I'm not talking about what he's necessarily generating as far as production, but I'm talking about uh, things that he has propensity, his average shot distance, how many shots he's tenet, he has a tendency to take, and then also um, the type of passes that he types to make. He tends to make so the two names that came up um looking at different things was uh sean wright phillips in 2015 which you're, you're kind of like oh, okay that's that's interesting but that was 340 hmm. minutes harrison i don't really remember sean wright phillips making that yeah. big of an impact that's not that interesting to me okay not, how about how, yeah how about alessandrini 2017 that's more interesting. That's much that, more interesting. And one yeah. thing that specifically stands out is how frequently both of them get isolated on the wing and are able to beat defenders one-on-one -on -one to open up opportunities for themselves and for other players. Yes. This is something that uh, Jao Plata does really well right now. And Sebastian Sacedo this season has, I shouldn't even say this season, he's shown a propensity to do that in times past. It's not necessarily been consistent. And that's really what they're hoping to get this year from him. And well, it's, I think, and I think if if RSL is getting rid of Plata, like this is why. Right. Like exactly. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, because you have at a, at a certain point in time, and we've been saying this on the podcast uh, earlier about San Jose and some of the their young players. Um, Salcedo is kind of reaching the uh, the the limit. You have to play him, or you have to flip him. You yeah. have to, and more and more MLS teams are going to have to reach th that stage. You can kind of see right now, Chris Durkin is at that with DC United. And to an extent, it's kind of a good thing because DC United has had a habit of rushing guys back. Right? Russell Canoose has had the opportunity to kind of, Canoose, uh, Canouse. Canoose? Nobody remembers. Yeah, nobody that. remembers. Uh, he's had the opportunity to finally get healthy because DC United has been forced to play Durkin. And, you know, uh, Chris Durkin is coming up on the last 18 months of his contract, which means he has one year. It's basically they have this transfer window and the next transfer window, which is in the offseason, to make a decision and to make a move on him because he really is not – the, the word out of DC is he does not want to resign. I don't, so I don't they need to, they need to either make a move, and sell him, or they need to make use of him as an asset right now in that window. And and so RSL, you'd say, is is trying to use Salcedo. Exactly, and that that's exactly the the case. Salcedo, they've made a decision between Plata and and uh, Sebastian Salcedo. At at a certain point in time, they're going to have to do that. They've kind of come to had their you know come to jesus moment obviously plata's minutes have come come down they've been using uh Sacedo more frequently out on that wing he's and and not just they move they didn't just choose Salcedo and then move plata right mm -hmm. they gave Sacedo the job and said prove that this is yours and you know both of us have been a little bit um i, I guess maybe disappointed with the fact that plata hasn't got the opportunities uh, in the season, especially being that he's an elite difference maker. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of drives his value down. Well, but and it, made incredible use of the opportunities he has been given. Sure, absolutely. And I think to an extent, um, it, it's probably 
built a false narrative in our minds, especially like that wonder goal that he scored on uh, Fry, who, um, you know, Fry gets a little bit of a different hand on it. It doesn't deflect and go into the back of the net, right? Um, it was crazy low probability. I think it ended up in lower expectations. So uh, you people have that goal in mind. What they don't remember is how many times he absolutely toasted uh, Jordan McCrary, right? Um, wow. Yeah, but... well, okay, so that that's not – a lot of people in MLS are, are toasting Jordan McCrary, but that's not the point. The point is that it's it's – we forget these one-on-one moments of excellence – in lieu of these miraculous and albeit uh, occasional goals, and yes. with well with well meaning, right? Goals uh, change games, they win games, and they they're ultimately how you get to the playoffs and how you win championships and how you take home trophies. That they're very important moments in the game. That's why they stick with us. However, despite them sticking with us on memory lies and they say well you that player had a really good game there are players that have scored goals and i came away thinking that player had a terrible game but they get a pass because they scored a goal right and i I, that goes and speaks to your process it speaks to how you run your operations and uh yeah i've completely uh lost track of time and apologies you only gave me eight minutes sebastian sestato has really similar attributes and traits to um to alessandrini and what he showed last season i'm really excited to see what he's going to have in the next uh next 18 months yeah uh and you know it does look like for the time being you know that that is his spot to lose uh i think you are um you're right i mean i looked at him when i was doing the plata stuff and like he he's good he's not bad i, I think plata definitely has better numbers um you know in all of them i think Saucedo shoots more um and that's you know that is what it is like he does have a propensity to go for those shots um it, certainly i think that 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 plays a, a big part in what we talked about with plata and that the, you know like this is this is this is a guy that you know you can put in that position that's going to be effective so it, it makes that sting less um Buffo Sacedo. Yeah, but I mean, Buffo is only 21. I mean, he turns 22 this, uh, I mean, there's much more. And on top of that, he's an MLS homegrown. So any type of, you know, future, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. sell on, you're going to get full 100% on. There's just a lot of reasons. Yeah, there's just a a lot of reasons to to play him and, and to utilize him and what he's meant to this club. I mean, he's a former MLS uh, ball boy uh, for RSL. You know, that's th- those are those are the nice stories, you know. Um, we do like those stories. And, and the other side is, while they lost a little bit of value in Plata, he was still on the team, and if Salcedo doesn't work out after the amount of time that they invest in him, they could easily go back to Plata. And maybe not, maybe easy is a little bit of an extravagant word. Uh, they still can utilize and leverage Plata for his time, and then um, yeah, make a decision on that. Around, yeah. Maybe even, uh, you know, rectify, attempt to rectify that relationship. But <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. All right, uh, that's it. We did it. We got uh, sorry occasional new feature in there. No, it was fine. We we barely went over time. Um, we talked about some teams. We did it all. Um, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we will be back, of course, next week. Um, Harrison Crow can be found on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. You can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Uh, please uh, follow our Twitter account. Uh, the, the, the American Soccer Analysis is at Analysis Evolved. And you can also find us on Facebook, which I don't know how, and maybe Instagram we found out today. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll get to the weird. bottom of that. We'll get to the bottom of whatever happened there. Um, you know, and definitely visit our website. That's www.americansocceranalysis.com. Um, content, always. I always talk about the content going up. And I, don't, I think that you guys don't believe me when I say that there's content going up because you're like, every website says there's content going up. There is content going up. Um, be sure to check it out. Read it. Good stuff. Stuff from Harrison. Stuff from Jared who's been on this show. Stuff from Elliot who you've heard on this show. Stuff from me you here on this show every week. Jared Young's uh, been killing it, not just on J- ASA, but other sites too. 
yeah, but we don't we don't promote those sites because no, they're, they're I didn't say. All right, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Jared has been killing it uh, lately. Uh, definitely uh, a really good piece on uh, MLS blackouts uh, in broadcasting, which is kind of an interesting little look at, at that and something that uh, I think a minority of us deal with. I know I do from time to time. So uh, it is an interesting look at, at the, the, the implications of those things. So check that out on the website. We will be back next week. Until then, enjoy the soccer. You never talk about it anymore